Good to see everybody in church today, chance to worship together. So let's begin with uh, prayer. Lord, we're just so thankful we can be here. Thank you that you give us the privilege to worship you. And um, thank you that we do it in our hearts. And thank you that we have freedom to do that. Lord, we just ask that you would um, guide our time today. Pray in your name. Amen. Okay, so um, this kind of has nothing to do with what I wanted to share, but I, I um, spoke with a woman yesterday, and um, she sells at um, the farmer's market, and she had a space next to me, and she usually comes really late and, you know, past the setup time, and She's hurrying around and trying to get ready. And yesterday, she got there on time. And a man was helping her. And, you know, things were, she was all set up. And it was so atypical that the market manager comes up and teases her. Well, you're all ready, you know. And, and then the, his assistant comes and teases her too. And, and um, so I noticed it. Anyway, the man went to park the vehicle, and, and so I asked her, is this man your husband? And she says, well, not exactly. He's actually my ex-husband, and um, we've been separated for seven years, and we're getting back together. And I'm just like, that's really good, you know? <laughs> it, just, it just brought joy to my heart, because... Um, we serve the God of restoration. He's in that business. So I just want to share that with you because um, that's, that's encouraging to us. Okay, so now what I had planned to share, this is a, a kind of a rehash of a little section of what um, Pastor Jason shared last week about Genesis 1. So we're going to look at Genesis 1, verses 14 through 19. So, yeah, this is about light. It's a familiar verse, as you should be pretty comfortable with this. Then God said, let there be lights in the sky to separate day from night. These lights will be used for signs, seasons, days, and years. They will be in the sky to give light to the earth. And it happened. So God made two large lights. He made the brighter light to rule the day, and he made the smaller light to rule the, the night. He also made the stars. God put all these in the sky to shine on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. God saw that all these things were good. Evening passed and morning came. This was the fourth day. Okay, so um, let's just think about this for a second. Um, so, so he talks about um, signs, seasons, days, and years. So uh, how do we mark our years? So, you know... What, what, what's, what tells us that a year has happened? Christmas? Come on, somebody. What, 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 how do we mark a year? 
365 days, which marks one revolution around the sun, right? Right? Okay. Okay, got to think like I'm thinking here, you know, stars and planets and stuff. Okay. Okay, so how do we mark our days? One spin of the earth, right? Okay. One spin of the earth in relation to the sun. Okay, so forget the sun. And, yeah, okay. And what creates our seasons? We talked about seasons. The tilt of the earth. and So now we're, we're tilting so the south, southern hemisphere is getting the sun, and we're getting pretty dark up here in the north, and it's going to get cold, right? All right, okay, so... This all has to do with how the earth and the sun and the moon work together. Okay, um, and then the last thing, signs. What are signs? So um, I, in my lifetime, have experienced one of these signs. And uh, let's see if anybody else here has. There's probably a few people older than me, or at least my age, um, there was a total solar eclipse during my lifetime. Does anybody remember what year that was? 1989? You're only off by 10 years. 79, yeah, 1979. I was a senior in high school then. And uh, yeah, February 26th, in the middle of the day, the sun went away and it was totally dark. All the Yard lights come on, and the dogs barked, and then slowly it got light again. It was, it was pretty dramatic. You remember that, Glenn? <laughs> okay, so that, that's one of the signs that happens. And that, what, what that is is where the moon gets in front of the sun and blocks all the light from the sun. It only happens like a strip of the of the United States at a time, so you have to be in the right place. Okay, so th here's a really tough question. What are the two large lights in the sky? The sun and the moon. Did we get that? The sun and the moon. Okay. We're pretty familiar with that. Okay, so how big are they? How big are they? Well, the sun's supposed to be pretty big, and the moon's supposed to be pretty small in relation to the earth. But, okay, I, I'll give you a, a little exercise. I want you to, now you have to do this carefully so you don't punch your neighbor in the head, but take your arm, I'll try not to laugh at you, take your arm and put your thumb out like that. Okay, look at your thumb. See that? Come on, do it. You got to do it. Okay? Look at it. See that? That's about how big the sun is, right? And that's also about how big the moon is. Okay? How can that be? If the sun is great big and the moon is smaller than the earth, how are they How does that work? Okay, so the the earth 
is about 93 million miles away from the sun. 93 million miles. And the earth is about 235,000 miles away from the moon. It kind of varies some because they, you know, they kind of wiggle around as they orbit. So if you calculate that out, the other thing you need to know is that the sun is about 375 times larger than the moon, right? 375 times. It's big. The moon is relatively small. But guess what? The sun is about 375 times farther away from the earth than the moon is. So when you put that thumb up there, they're the same size. And when, this, when, the, when the moon gets in front of the sun, it blocks the light of the sun. Isn't that amazing? What's the chances of that happening? What, what, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, if we believe what I learned in high school, you know, um, we were just a bunch of particles and they just decided to blow up one day and, and then they somehow formed into these planets and they started this perfect orbits and, you know, and there's this magic called gravity. It's, it's really magic, but we call it gravity because we don't have any idea what it is and it somehow holds everything in place and things are spinning around and it has all this energy and it, and all of a sudden life just popped up out of nothing and here we are isn't that if you believe that you got way more faith than i have that's all i can say you got to have a lot of faith to believe that. So, um, what's the point of this? Um, we serve a God of detail. He spoke everything into existence. By the power of his words, the earth was formed, and the sun, and the moon. And it's just like that when we look at it. He holds it all together just by the power of his might. He's the one that keeps those planets where they're at. So I just wanted us to think about that. And right now we have the opportunity to worship this God. So let's be thinking about that as I invite the worship team to come. Let's pray again. Lord, we just thank you that... Um, all that we see, all that we know is, is because of you. And um, just thank you that you care about the slightest details and uh, you hold everything together. And Lord, it's just awe-inspiring. And we just are thankful that we get to worship you. Help us to do that now. We pray in your name. Amen. It's good to be today. Get everything figured out, Mitch. Okay, thanks. It's nice to have a break. We're in the middle of apple harvest, and it, that's really loud up here. And, and it's nice to have uh, a break on Sunday. My workers say, oh, do we pick on Sunday? I said, nope, we're not picking on Sunday. We're going to take a day off. 
and it's really nice to get to do something different. I was uh, driving out there. I don't have that far to go to work. Tried to, uh, I tried to use the excuse from my truck driver that I got stuck in traffic, but he didn't believe it. But I was driving out to work on my four-wheeler, and I, we've been talking about creation and the greater day, like Paul was sharing this morning, the greater light during the day and the, and the lesser light at night. And I was driving out, driving towards the east, and the sun was just, just, just barely starting to peek up above the horizon. It just really reminded me how incredible uh, of a God we serve just incredible. If you've ever watched the sun, it's huge. When it's sitting right on the horizon and just starting to come up, it's huge. It looks a lot bigger than when it gets up into the sky. But it was beautiful. And if you've never seen it or you don't like to get up that early, um, it's not as early now as it was, but it's worth it because it's amazing to see the creation that we've been talking about. Genesis chapter 1 kind of lays the, the, the groundwork and the basics of creation, and then as we go into two, it's going to start going into a little bit more detail. But today we're going to finish chapter one, Genesis 1, 26 through 31. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the on the face of all the earth and every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life. I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Father, thank you again for your love. I just thank you for creation. And I thank you for the things we get to enjoy here, just the, the beauty and the incredible design. I pray that you'd help us to not take these things for granted. Lord, just open our ears to hear this morning, and I just pray that your truth would be spoken today. In your name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so we made it to day six, and day six, God created us, created man. And when he says man right here, he's talking about both men and women. But he created man. The final piece that God is putting together, that God is creating, is man. And you can look at the complexity of everything that else he has created, but you look at the complexity of how your body works is absolutely amazing. And to think that at some point something happened that we just started to evolve is ridiculous. I'm sorry, and I don't try to offend anybody, but I don't really care if I do, because it's ridiculous. It can't happen. It doesn't work that way. There was a designer. There was somebody that specifically put us together to work in such a unique way that it's incredible, and it's impossible in my mind to think that that could have just somehow happened. I don't believe that it did. I believe that God created us exactly the way that he wanted us. God 
created. He says, then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. We, you and I, are created in the image of God. Now, God wasn't necessarily a person like we were, and so we don't really know what an image of God would be, except we know what the attributes of God are. And he created us with a mind, a will, and an emotion. He created us in the likeness of himself. He didn't create us like himself. He didn't recreate himself. He created us in his likeness. And it's, incre- it's incredible because he wanted, looking forward, he wanted to have a relationship with us. He wanted us to have a relationship with him. So he created us in his own image. And being created in the image of God gives you value. Because if God didn't love you, would he have taken the time to speak and create something so unique? He wouldn't have if you weren't valuable and worth it. If we just evolved or happened to come together somehow, of what value would that be? Who would it be valuable to? But just a reminder that we are valuable to God. And so whether you feel like you're of any value here or whether you feel like you have a place or you have anything to do, just simply because of the fact that we were created in the image of God gives you value. I don't want you to remember that. I don't want you to ever forget that, that you are valuable because God created you, created each one of us in his image. And Paul, I agree with what you said. It would take more faith to believe that it was done differently than that. We didn't just evolve or explode and happen. No, we were created in God's image. We were created with a purpose. We were created for a reason. And God cares about each one of you. We were created in the image of God. God said in our image, and you can say, well, what he's talking about, this is just God. There's, there's several different things you can look at. He's maybe talking about Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Really, the, pro- the thing is that we were created in his image. And let's not get <clears throat> excuse me, sidetracked by some of these things that might distract us from what the main point is. Being created in his image maybe is referring to non-material aspects, maybe moral sensibilities, intellectual will and emotions. It's not necessarily physical attributes, but it's who we are. It's what makes us a person. It's how we think and how we operate in that way. We are created in the image of God. How incredible and how powerful is that to remember that because we are created in the image of God, we are valuable. You are valuable to him. And it really can be easy to get to feeling like there's really no reason, there's no point, there's no nothing. But let me again remind you, don't ever forget that because we were created in the image of God for that reason, and if that's the only reason, we still have value. Psalm 100 verse 3 says, Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves isn't anything that we did to create ourselves. That would have been a disaster. It can't work. It wouldn't happen. We can create things, like I said last week, we can take things that God has created and we can use them to create other things, but we can't create anything out of nothing. 
And that's what God did. And we'll get into next week how he created man. But right now we're just looking at the fact that he created us in his image or in his likeness. We are valuable or of worth to God. We reflect, we reflect his image. And so another reminder for us is, are we reflecting his image? Are we reflecting the image of God? Are we reflecting to people around us who God is? I was listening to uh, um, Francis Chan and just a little clip that he had And he said, what if when people spent time with you, what if they felt like they had just spent time with Jesus? And he's not trying to say that he is Jesus or anything. But because we are created in the image of God, are we not living in a way that when people spend time with us, they see something that's different. They see something that they like, but maybe they don't quite know what it is. Are we reflecting the true image of God? Because if we're not, we're going to turn people away. As it goes on, it says, Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. He put us, he put man, man in charge of things on the earth. Is to have dominion over them, not the other way around. He didn't give the animals dominion over the people. And we're going to hit a couple of things today that the enemy has really tried to confuse us on. And this is one of them where there are baby animals or certain species that are almost extinct that are more important than human life that was created in the image of God, and that is wrong. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't try to take care of the place that we live. We shouldn't try to want it to still be here, and we don't want to try to destroy it. But let's not make no mistake that God placed us in charge, if you will, over the animals, over the birds, over every living creature that's here, because he didn't make Animals in his image. He made you and I in his image. And he gave us dominion over the earth. We are placed here as as administrators or managers of the earth. Now again, I will say, I don't want to mismanage it. And I think we can do that if we're not careful. But I also don't want to put the creatures that God created ahead or more important than man that was created in his image. And we have done that a lot. Now, I don't know where that line is where we want to be careful, but as soon as the creatures become more important than people made in his image, then we have a little bit of an issue. And we have done that, it seems like, a lot today. We don't want to mismanage, but we also don't want to misunderstood, misunderstand the role that we were placed in. Verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Here's another thing that the enemy is having a heyday with today. 
an absolute heyday with. The Bible, God is very clear here that it says, male and female created he them. I don't know how you could get a whole lot more clear than that, but it's just another distraction that the enemy wants to take away from. God set things up in an order. He put things in order. He put things in place to work, to, and then he says, be fruitful and multiply. There's a reason that that was set up this way. And the enemy wants, nothing, wants to do nothing more than to try to destroy what God has set up. It's his whole goal. That's his whole purpose. Distract everybody from what's really going on so that they forget what the main purpose is. The main purpose that we're here is to glorify our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. But instead, we get distracted. So the morning that I was a little bit late out to work, I wasn't late, but... <clears throat> I didn't get stuck in traffic either. I was actually studying a little bit, which I do in the mornings, and I thought, you know what? God says male and female. So I thought everything on the internet is usually true. So I'm going to look up how many genders these, these um, brilliant minds say that there are. Don't do that. The list I had was 15. 15. So we go here in the scripture and it says, male and female created he them. Okay? Do you believe what God says or don't you believe what God says? Because I choose to believe what God says. I want to preface this by saying it doesn't change the fact that you love everybody. We're still supposed to be reflecting the image of God. And I don't always know how to do that. But I do know that God created male and female, not 15 different genders. There's two. To a lot of people today, that could be very offensive. And I didn't write the book. But I believe what it says. So the idea that we can choose what we would like to be based on how we feel that day is foreign to me because God created us male or female. That's one thing he didn't really give us a choice on. Mark 10, 6 says, but from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. And another one that I want to read that says similar is Matthew chapter 19. It's verses 4 through 6. This is read at weddings often. And he answered them. They're talking about asking, is it lawful for anybody to divorce their wife? And God's not okaying that, but he's saying, I don't like that. But this would be the reason. And then he goes on and he answered and said to them, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? We're talking about back in Genesis when God created man. This is where he created them male and female and said, for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together, let not man separate. And when we end that with let not man separate, that's where the enemy attacks right there. Because God set this up. God put this together. He created male and he created female. And he created the family unit. And the enemy knows that the strength 
of what we believe is in the family. And if he can destroy the family, then he can distract us in a lot of different areas. Because all of a sudden we have to learn how to function and how to live outside of what God actually did create, of the perfect world that God created. Now we are living in a world that is broken and we no longer always have that option of living under the way that God created. But if there's anything that I can do or anything that I can say or any way that I can lead my family, I want to teach them what the scripture says. And that if God set it up, the only thing the enemy can do is try to mimic or copy what he set up. And so he's trying to copy it with one of 15 different genders. It's kind of like this. <clears throat> if I were to move this right here, about like 